Welcome to the Jimbo Podcast, where you can find all your favorite Jimbo Show content in one place. Interviews, prank calls, bits, and a whole lot more. And now, here's your host, Jimbo. All right, it's another Jimbo Podcast, and I want to share with you guys a special series I did with my brother. We're in a band called The Surrealers. We've been there uh, for a while now. Uh, back in the 90s, mid-90s, we released an album called No More Milk, which you can find on all streaming services. Um, and you spell the name S-U-R-R-E-A-L-T-O-R-S, just in case you're looking at the streaming sites and want to check us out. But we did, uh, my brother George and I, we did a, a series of shows where we kind of took the music and took the influences of our childhood since we grew up together. And we kind of uh, broke down different things. And uh, it was quite interesting we we actually play, we were able to play a song from one of our albums to show you the influence that particular uh pop culture moment or album or tv show had so here it is the jimbo podcast presents the series that we're running the next few weeks the surrealtors on welcome to the surrealtors on on this episode george and jim talk about baseball films of the 70s Right, I am Jim, and George is with us. I am here, okay. uh, still on, on the coronavirus uh, seclusion. So tour. yeah, so this exciting show today, we're talking about uh, baseball films of the seventies had a big influence on us. Uh, a lot of ways. I was a terrible little league player. George was really good, so it was it was uh, two ways <laughs> looking at it. I, I looked at I I uh, I kind of uh, associated with the bad players like Timmy Lupus from the Bad News Bears and stuff like that. But um, I want always wanted to be Kelly Leak from the Bad News Bears. So I guess let's go ahead and start with uh, 1970s. It's 76. The Bad News Bears, the probably the best baseball movie of the 70s. A an absolute classic. I mean, I I did, I did not see the uh, Billy Bob Thornton version because I just did not think there was any way they could possibly top uh, a Walter Matthau's Buttermaker or Butter Crud. <laughs> yeah, and, and all of those guys. You know, <laughs> there are so many lines in that movie that are so great. Let's not bring race into this AMAD. You know, <laughs> we have enough uh, problems as it is. Yeah, I watched it recently the other day, and because uh, I watched it because the kids. We're playing, uh, you know, in the, I guess in their band, they're playing Carmen uh, opera. And then every time I hear it, you can't help be, being a child oh, of the classic. 70s. When you hear dun, 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 automatically you think of the Bad News Bears. Um, the, the many montage scenes of, of them being terrible, then them getting better. Uh, but, of course, Walter Matthau uh, just steals classic. the show. And the 70s had a little bit more of a freedom too where the kids could be just completely uh, uh, profane and and politically incorrect and <laughs> and it was uh, true to the times which was which was hilarious. Well, I think yeah and I think we went to the theater to see it and I don't think we told our mom that you know what was actually in it when she found out she was a quite upset but yeah it's a hard um, pg it really is when you watch it again and some oh, of the yeah. ethnic slurs and stuff they got going oh on. yeah it's no uh doubt. but uh and the, the relationship with 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 walter Matthau to the kids he's not necessarily uh, he, he doesn't treat the kids like kids it's pretty harsh you know yeah i love that one scene where they're panning on opening day for all the all the uh all the teams you see the yankees they're all standing there perfectly straight and then you see the, you know, the bad news bears, and they're just all over the place because Buttermaker's not there yet. And then he walks in, and Engelberg says, "Mr. Buttermaker, my uniform doesn't fit." Ah, 
shut up. <laughs> Classic TV. <laughs> also, like right after when they show the uh, sponsors, because I guess that's a big point where the team's got to get sponsors to get their uniforms. And they show all the sponsors, well, you know, Pizza Hut and Denny's. Right. And then, of course, Chico's Bail Bonds is the Bad News Bears, which definitely brings it home for me because I think about the time we played in, in Bloomington, Illinois, which was really not even a uniform. It was just a T-shirt. So it was uh, – I, I forgot the – you probably know the actual saying on the front, but I know I played for City Firefighters. Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was Lewis E. Davis, I want to say post – 514 it was american legion league yeah you know what we <laughs> the baseball pants you would, this is what would happen you'd get a shirt as a t-shirt so you'd have the sponsor on the back the lewis e davis on the front and it was always a white cheap t-shirt yeah. and then and then you would have you'd go to the american legion hall and you would just thumb through whatever pants they had <laughs> oh was, I, I don't we, i was too young I don't, we, we didn't have pants we just wore like jeans i think i think it was well, the we, later leagues that actually dressed out probably <laughs> well, we 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 came from baldwin missouri which had a great you know program where you got uniforms their fields were great uh you know really taken care of and then we go to bloomington and we play 8 a.m in the morning <laughs> <laughs> on uh, on uh, a field at an elementary school, which is not even really, a, it's got, you know, the dirt where people have walked where you pitch and maybe a little bit of dirt at home plate. Just, it was, it was really horrible. It wasn't good and we moved, but it wasn't good until you got into high school and then you were able to play at the bigger fields. Yeah, when but, I did, uh, we do move to Pennsylvania, I got more of that experience that you had in Missouri with the full uniform thing right. Right, for Paul Marshall's Braves for a couple of years. But uh, uh, this is a, pretty true to what goes on though because i mean i had been through with my son the seriousness the way the parents take the game and it makes it not fun for the kids and that was the the big point home of the movie with the whole vic morrow coaching character of the yankees uh just taking it way too seriously and of course the classic slapping scene when he tries to throw the ball at engelberg and uh you know keeps catch keeps the ball after he hits, hits it back to the pitcher and just you know he goes around the bases and you have that whole scene and that's where buttermaker kind of changes his attitude uh and decides to lighten up and puts in all the uh reserves in the championship game which i thought was uh you know i think i the screenwriters did a great job i don't think they really could have got away with buttermaker being serious all the way to the end it's just uh written well you know well yeah because he comes to the realization of life these are kids, you know, that uh, I'm trying to win for myself. Cause I actually went through that when we played in St. Louis, cause I played for this um, team with the, the sponsors, Rallo construction. Then we played against this other team from, we were in Baldwin, Missouri and right next to it was Manchester, Missouri. And uh, there was a lot of that going on, not to that extent where they're slapping kids, but I remember, you know, uh, them, them uh, protesting games and all this kind of stuff because the two guys just kind of really disliked each other. So yeah, it was very, it was very true to form. But I thought, like you said, at the end, at the end, much like Rocky, with them losing, it was so much more realistic and better than if they would have won. Yeah, and uh, it's such a great scene too because you have uh, you know Kelly Leak, who's the hood, halfway through the movie, then decides to join the team to to kind of show the people around the park like Vic Morrow and uh, Joyce Van Patten 
playing Cleveland that that she can, he can actually play and he's the best player in the league and of course helps the Bears get to the championship. But the the whole scene where they do the intentional walk with the bases loaded and he he reaches out and hits it and and has a chance to win. It's it's just uh, it's just great. Great. Watch watch it every time it's on. You know. Yeah, it is great, but it's like funny. Uh, two great things with Kelly Leak is when that one kid goes, but you don't understand. That's Kelly Leak. <laughs> and and then the other one where he's like he's on his motorcycle and he flicks his cigarette at Joyce Van Patten is is also a classic. And Tatum O'Neill was great in that movie too. And yeah, you know, she she had a much better pitching style than Rudy Stein any <laughs> day of the week. I got to add on the, uh, on to the, uh, Kelly Lake thing. When they, when they talk about, you know, uh, I guess it's Ahmad. He's like, you tell about, you talk about loan shark, <laughs> you know, you let me money. <laughs> and, and then you have the, uh, Hispanic King says, es un bandito. <laughs> es un bandito. And then they're, they're passing out the, uh, uh, cups and supporters, you know, and he, and those two little kids go and they just throw it back in him. And he goes, and the, the one, the real smart, he goes, I think it's against their religion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the uh, actor who played Ogilvy, he's been in, he's been in a lot of movies. He played Woody Allen in a couple of movies. And he, I think he was in the Alice doesn't live here anymore, but he does a really good job too. Is, is kind of yeah, like he's the, good. the right hand. Well, everybody man. was good. Engelberg, the kid who played Engelberg was fantastic. And I don't know, I'm sure something happened that yeah. they didn't get him, get him for the second one. And that's but a good man, segue. Yeah. And the, yeah, in the second one, they had, I mean, the kid in the second one wasn't bad, but, but the kid in the first one, man, when, when he says, someone's going to pay for this window, Engelberg, and I think it's going to be your father. And that line he comes back with, bull, you know, <laughs> yeah. classic. Well, the this thing about that's the thing about it is too that when you're a young kid, you don't understand. When I, that's the one thing when I saw the previews for Breaking Training, and I saw Engelberg was different. I was like, I couldn't figure out why Engelberg was different. You know, it doesn't right. it doesn't make sense to a kid why why they wouldn't have the same one because he was so good. And then you get the movie too, which you know they it, it was kind of a softer edge. You know, Timmy Lupus is now their friend, and they're trying to win one for Timmy Lupus is sitting at home and can't play even though he's supposed to be terrible. Uh, right. And then um, they go to Houston to play in the Astrodome, which is, uh, uh, you know, and they get Kelly Leak's strange dad to coach them. First of all, the, 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 big, the big mistake of making the sequel is to not have Walter Matthau aboard. I mean, that of is course. the relationship, of you know. So, and then, of course, you have the, uh, they play at the Astrodome and somehow they, don't get to continue their game, and you have the classic chant: "Let them play." Let yeah, I know. Them play. Whatever. <laughs> but, well, you know, and they also know. they also softened up Tanner quite yeah, a bit because he was really yeah. rough and great in that first one. Which you know we didn't really talk about Tanner, but you know when the kid's running around, uh, he's running around the bases, hitting a home run, and he throws the glove at him, um, and all that kind of stuff. But they really softened him up, like you said. He was all of a sudden he was Timmy Lupus's friend. But an interesting thing about this is the scenes where they were at the at the uh, practice park or one of the parks that I played in. Um, I'm, I was playing baseball in 1984, and I'm playing at this field, and I'm like, man, this place really looks familiar. And um, it turns out that that was the place where they actually filmed a lot of the. Uh, sequences where you know william devane was coaching them and all that kind of stuff wow it was right it was actually the park behind the house where my wife and i ended up uh moving to which is kind of ironic but uh taking place here in houston um 
it was it was kind of interesting because you know if you're from Houston, you'll know when they're driving on a freeway, they're not in Houston until they you'll, you'll see the Astrodome off to the left, but it's not Houston. It's clearly someplace else. Yeah, well, the the so, Astrodome. I mean, we didn't live in Houston at the time when the but when the the way they made the Astrodome look is just amazing. And then to actually a couple of years later actually see a game there after then that Astrodome was a huge deal in the seventies for them to get that to actually have sure. the whole game in there. Um, and then uh, I never saw it. I only saw clips of it. But in 1978, for some reason, Tony Curtis takes over and the Bad News Bears go to Japan. Oh, you didn't see that? I saw that in the theater. No, I, I saw pieces of it recently. Not recently, but like five years ago. But I was like, ah, I just can't do it. It's There's something. I don't know what no, it I is. Saw it, I saw it at the normal theater in normal Illinois. Uh, I remember we sat kind of high up and... Um, yeah, Tony Curtis. He, he, that, you talk about a guy who just took the took the role for the money. He he mailed that in. It was really it was really when you compare that one to the first one, it was really terrible. It was really yeah, terrible. and it was like it was like when it came out too. I remember even as a kid, it was uh, it was like a complete no from people, like thumbs down from. I didn't hear any kid who was excited to go see with Breaking Training. You're excited because that's the sequel, and you're you're off the high of the first one, but nobody right. was excited to go see bad news bears go to Japan. Nobody. No, it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. I mean, word, word got around really quick. And speaking of terrible, when the first bad news bears came out, there was a, uh, when I remember being in elementary school, I was excited about here come the tigers from 1978, thinking that Good this Lord. is the new bad news bears. They even had the kind of drawing poster of the tigers. Um, I didn't see it. I, kids apparently said it was better than Bad News Bears, but I did see it like a lot later afterwards, and it is awful. It looks like a whole, want, yeah. whole movie of somebody just shooting a little league out there. Yeah, you know, there's one scene I remember where the uh, there was a disturbance at the house, or there was a break in at the house, and this horrible actress answers the door, it takes the cops forever to get in, and the cops go to the backyard and they say, "Well, we're going to have to call this in," and of course, her son is pitching in the background. And he goes, do you think he'd want to join our team? And she pauses and she goes, well, I don't know. You should ask him. I mean, it was just so bad. <laughs> yeah, so I stayed bad. away from Here Come the Tigers. Uh, but speaking of after, after Bad News Bears, I'd have to go with, uh, uh, for a baseball movie from the 70s, uh, Bingo Long. I really did enjoy that movie as a kid with uh, Billy D., uh, D. Williams and James Earl Jones and Richard Pryor with the Negro Leagues. Yeah, because uh, really I good. saw that first first time I saw that was when, you know, we had gotten HBO shortly after it came out. And, um, that was one of the, the, the movies that played constantly. I want to say in the summer of 76 or 77, they played it all the time. Um, I don't remember too much of it now, but I remember at the time I watched it probably three or four times and I thought it was great. James Earl Jones and Richard Pryor was in it, I think. And, and uh yeah billy williams did a good job as the whole kind of uh he was uh almost the the ringleader of the whole thing but you know they went through towns and they played baseball against people and they also juggled and did this put on a whole show uh did almost like the harlem grove trotters of the time uh baseball wise but i thought that's definitely a recommend for me and the other one that shows up is bang the drum slowly which i remember seeing very young uh, on a Friday night ABC movie presentation. And I don't remember there being a lot of baseball in this movie. <laughs> yeah. They, they filmed a lot of it in uh, Yankee stadium and Shea stadium. And what bugs me about these movies is, um, 
you know, they have Robert De Niro, who's a great actor, and, and Moriarty, Mori, Michael Moriarty, he's a great actor too, but, you know, Robert De Niro gets up to the plate to swing the bat, and he couldn't have played on the Bad News Bears. I mean, he, <laughs> how was he playing Major League Baseball? It just, it's weird to me, because the, the worst example of that is, remember Tony Perkins and Fear Strikes Out? Yeah, yeah. Good God. And, you know, Gary and, Cooper, uh, to a point, I mean, Gary Cooper, I, you know, the probably the Yankees is probably one of the best, probably the best baseball movie, but, you know, some right. people complained about him, but I didn't really have a problem with it because the movie was so good, you know? Yeah, I thought he was fine. And, you know, the best one, obviously, is Kevin Costner. Cause he, you could obviously tell Kevin Costner had played before. Um, you can tell a guy who plays baseball a mile away. Yeah, because he was and, in, you know, once Bull Durham came out, then he was in the other one when he was the pitcher, too. So I guess if you yeah, had two uh, baseball movies, you know, For Love of the Game, that was that was For that the Love one. of the Game, and then he was in, um, what's the one, what's Build It and They Will Come? I can't draw Oh, that's right, Feel the Dreams, that car. Feel the Dreams, yeah. That's probably the most Which is also one. great. Yeah, so. But, I mean, he played a, lot, played a lot of baseball in Bull Durham, and he was, uh, you could tell he was a player. So, but yeah, but in bang the drum slowly, it was definitely, uh, uh, it seemed like more on the drama side than the the baseball side. Cause I, you know, his, I guess the De Niro character is, is what I remember is ailing from a disease or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like Hodgkin's disease, he had terminal illness and it was, it was kind of compared to Brian's song at the time. Cause it had come out, you know, probably a couple years after Brian's song did. And, um, I know, but. I read reviews on it. Roger Ebert liked it a lot, but um, <laughs> I remember seeing—I remember seeing some of it, and it was kind of, it was a little, it was kind of boring. And it wasn't—I didn't think it was Robert De Niro's best performance either. It was one of his early movies, so. Yeah, and then there's a couple good uh, uh, documentaries uh, about the '70s that are available too. I, I did like the Battered Bastards of Baseball on Netflix about Kurt Russell's dad owning that minor league team was a very good one, and then also the one on Doc Watson. Uh, pitching the uh, no, no hitter. Doc Ellis, Doc Ellis, sorry, Doc Watson, <laughs> Doc Ellis, <laughs> pitching the no hitter uh, for the Pirates when he was under the influence. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I could watch baseball documentaries all day long, but, but uh, yeah, those are yeah, great. Those, those both, those both were good. So I'm trying to figure out which song do we play for uh, from us to describe a a baseball type feeling. Uh, I was thinking possibly map inside your head. Uh, just because baseball kind of takes us around the country, but if you have a better selection, uh, yeah, no, map inside your head would work fine. Okay, this is from our, our album called uh, "Think of a Different Time," eighty-six, ninety-one. Map inside your head. Inside your head Do you rise early Just to stare into the sun That was this place One mile behind And a railway in your mind And a railway in your Take it in your hand 
And the footprints in the sand And the footprints in the sand There's a map inside your head here on the baseball show, baseball films of the '70s. Um, there's also a couple. So really, go ahead. really, if we had one to recommend, if we really only had one to recommend, obviously it's the original Bad News Bears. Yes, by definitely. Far. But there's some good baseball episodes of some '70s sitcoms. You can watch the uh, uh, <laughs> Happy Days. I think had one. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> None of those guys ever played baseball. You can tell. <laughs> God almighty. And they, I love when they come in and they're wearing the uniforms. You can tell they've never worn a uniform either. <laughs> it just looks so awkward. But, so uh, awkward. you know, and also too, it's fun to watch is you go on YouTube and watch some of these, uh, films of the 1976 all-star game or the 1977 all-star games that they put together as a film package that would run during rain delays. Uh, oh, yeah. those are available on YouTube. Those are enjoyable as a, a movie, I think, but, uh, yeah. And I, I noticed cause we used to live in Pittsburgh. Um, I was just on YouTube the other night and a lot of the Pittsburgh pirate games from, uh, 1979, uh, and are on YouTube now. And I don't know who put them up there, but, uh, it's fun to go back and watch. Cause I remember watching some of those, um, live. And then we, our neighbor used to be Bill Hillgrove, who's the, the uh, announcer of the Steelers. There were a couple of um, things on there, too, of him talking about the Pirates. Hmm. Um, that was kind of interesting, too. So Good. Interesting. Uh, well, there, that wraps up our baseball show, baseball films of the 70s. Definitely had an influence on us. And it has an influence on this show's end, too, because it comes from uh, Jack Buck. Right, George? Absolutely. The former... The late great announcer of the St. Louis Cardinals would always end with, we thank you for your time this time. Until next time, so long. So long.